The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Buying a home? Selling your home? You've come to the right place. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Hello, everyone. This is Rob Golfy with Remax, the Golfy team. Welcome to the Golfy Real Estate Show. Show Hamilton edition with special guest Brian Hogman and host Rick Zamprin. Good morning once again. Wow, what an introduction that was and what a show we have for you on the Golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton edition on 900 CHML. If you want to get your home sold in this, well, it's been called everything from uh, interesting to funky to uh, hair raising at sometimes housing market. Give the number one Remax team in Canada a call today. That is the Golfie team. The phone number is 905 575 7700. Online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob G O L F I.com. You'll want to follow the Golfie team on social media Facebook, Instagram, Threads, TikTok, and X. And for an instant home estimate, go to the website golfiehomevalue.com, plug in some digits, and you'll get a pretty good idea of what your home could go for on the open market. As Rob mentioned, Brian Hogman is our special guest today. Brian is the founder and principal broker at Mission 35 Mortgages online. Mission35.com is the website to check out. Uh, we'll begin with uh, what is going on in your real estate life this week, Mr. Golfi. Well, a lot of things have been happening, but the one thing I really want to uh, chat about is homes over 2 million. There's not many that have sold this month. There's only one that sold for uh, over $2 million, I, like surprisingly. And so I wanted to check to see how many homes are for sale over $2 million. This is excluding Carlisle and, and Flamborough, but there's 81 homes oh. on the market in the Hamilton and surrounding area that are for sale over $2 million. So basically, one guy got lucky, and the house that <laughs> did sell, with the, yeah, exactly, the, the house that did sell for over two million was a house totally redone inside and out. I because I, I looked at the history of the house to see, you know, like what what made this house. I looked at the pictures, beautiful house. So that's what people are looking for. People are people, there's money out there, but people are picky. And if you got a house that is you know half nicely done and the other half needs to be done, guess what? You're going to be sitting for a while, or maybe you have to wait for the next boom to sell. But it just it just it shows you what people are looking for. So if you and it's like it's like you're. Oh, if you got a brand new house, yeah. renovate it, live in it for three, four years, and then sell it before it gets dated. That was an investment strategy for a lot of people for a long time. Yeah. They'd end up buy, yeah. renovate, yeah. stay in the house for three, four years, then turn around and sell it. But 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 speaking of the two million, so I go on an uh, on a, an evaluation on on a house, right? This guy called me uh, probably about uh, maybe six months ago. No, four months ago, I think it was, and he's had his house listed for off and on for almost two years. Okay. So, and, and it's well over 2 million condo, not with the golfy team, not with the golfy team, (laughs) but, 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 you know, so anyway, um, he calls me up and he says, Rob, I want you to see it. I said, I said to him, I go, I'm going to be totally truthful and honest. I'm not going to be like everybody else to please you. And, um, and I said to him, I go, you are getting agents that know what you want for this house. And I go, I know you're not going to list with me. And if you do, I go, you're getting the right guy. But if you don't list with me, that's fine. Because there's, you know, 
30 other 30,000 other agents. Yeah. You don't want to just put your sign on a line, right? No. So he basically, the last time he had it listed that it, it went off market was 2.2 million, right? Condo. And, uh, the condo, the condo in Hamilton. Wow. Yeah. So, wow. I'd like yeah. to see this condo. For yeah. So anyway, I went in and, uh, and I said, you're not going to like what I have to say, but I said, I said my outcome, if I do take this at the price that you want will be zero. And, uh, and I said, if I don't take it, it will be zero. So I says, I have, I have nothing to lose. And I told him, it, um, I, at 1.6 million is probably even pushing it. Yeah. The, that was like, oh, oh, like, Six hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, six hundred fifty thousand wow. dollars. And he looked at me, and I, and and then I explained to him everything. He was comparing his property to like Port Credit condos, uh, Burlington. Mm-hmm. And then I said to him, I go, look, I'm going to tell you something. I said, in the last six months in Burlington, I go, only one condo sold for one point one point eight million. So, uh, and I and I said, listen, uh, if I'm going to spend two million dollars, it's going to be in Burlington. Yeah. Not nothing against Hamilton people, yeah. nothing against Hamilton, but I will not spend $2 million on a condo in Hamilton. Yeah. And, uh, so, so he has a lot of thinking to do. So I'm curious to see which direction he's going to go yeah. with this. I'm really, really, and, uh, really curious to see. Well, I guess it all comes down to the motivation then. Like what's the motivation for selling a piece of fishing? Yeah. Then there's no yeah. motivation, right? Right. But if he actually really needs to. No, sell he more. wants to sell, but, but, but here's the other, here's the other aspect. He did get a two million dollar offer during the, the height the, uh, at the end of 2021 or, or the beginning of 2022, and I said, "There you go. You hired an in- inexperienced agent from out of town that listed it, and he uh, uh, put you at 2.5 or 2.6 million to list, and you got a two million dollar offer. You thought you were losing three to five hundred thousand on it, which was a great offer." I says, "If you hired me at the beginning and you got a two million dollar offer." I would have pushed you so hard because I say, you'll never see that again. And uh, he uh, basically, I told him, you'll never see $2 million unless you want to live here for another five to 10 years. Right. And, yep. uh, and the wife looked at me and looked at him. And she's like, I don't want to be here for another two years, <laughs> another year. So, but, she, but see, there's a, there's a situation there that's happened where the, the homeowner did get a great offer, but he didn't know it was a great offer. And that's the problem that happens a lot in this market, in, in, in the, in the high market. Yeah. And now that, that homeowner, that condo owner has that $2 million figure like seared into his brain. And depending on, you know, how convincing his wife is, and I can attest that wives are pretty convincing, uh, who knows, <laughs> yeah. you know, who knows when he's going to pull the trigger on that deal. But I don't, I agree with you. I don't think that 2 million is coming along anytime soon. But, but here's what I told him. I says, Remember this moment. I like when I always tell people, remember this moment. You know why? Because I, I told him, I says, if you don't get, I go, the number that I'm giving you, I go, that's the number you're, you're going to end up or less. And I says, remember this moment, this day. So when he, if he doesn't hire me, it could be a year, two years, three years down the road when he's signing, he goes, darn, that golf, he was right. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I, I always want to implant that in their head to let them know. And, and this has happened before with other people, they didn't go with me because I was, uh, you know, I told them what the price was and they went with the, the higher priced agent. But guess what? When they did that, they were upset with that agent. And then when they, when they moved to their next house, they call you. 
they, they, they ended up calling me to sell. They go, Rob, you were right on the nose with the price because that's what we ended up selling. But it, it, I had to drag it out six months because the agent gave me a higher number just because to secure me under contract. So I get it. And here's what I do. If you want $2 million for your house, not a problem. But here's, but I give them the plan what I'm going to do. I'm going to say, listen, well, I, I'll go with your price to make, appease your mind to, to, you know, so that you know that we tried the $2 million. But Here's my price. What day do you want to drop the price to the price that it should be at? So that we, tr we, we tried the, the homeowner's price. It didn't work out. He knows the, he knows the plan. I, I give him a path what we're going to do. Yeah. I'm not going to like, and I said, Hey, you may get an offer for 1.6 million. I, I would tell him, do not refuse it because that's where the, that's the, the price value. you said. That's yeah. the price I said. You know, so, so I conditioned the guy to, to, to make sure that he doesn't lose a good price. Yeah, you're setting the expectation. Yeah. We, we see, you know, it's funny, ironically, we see it in the mortgage world quite a bit too when it comes down to pre-approvals. Someone will go to somewhere else and they won't check the income or won't check the right documents. They'll just do a quick calculation or something like that. Get a pre-approval and then they'll end up saying, yeah, I'm pre-approved for 900,000. Well, guess what? They're actually pre-approved for maybe 750 yeah. or 800,000 when it comes down to it. And now they've got these $900,000 homes that they've got yeah, in their mind. Yeah, yeah. And you try to reset the expectation. It's like making sure you get it done right the first time. It's tough. It's tough. It, and, and it's hard. It's hard to uh, think. So I, 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 I basically, I always start off saying, hey, can you uh, keep your front door unlocked and open so I can run out when I tell you how much your house is going to sell for? <laughs> keep your they're not going to like it. They're not going to like it. You know what? It's just like seeing any professional lawyer, doctor, or anything. You want the right, you want, you want the truth. And the truth may hurt. Yeah. Sometimes, you know what they say, you can't handle the truth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who was that? Who was that? That was, uh, was Jack Nicholson. Uh, that was Jack Nicholson. Jack yeah. Nicholson. You good men. Yes. Yeah. You yes. can't handle the yeah. truth. Like Rob, are you noticing that uh, there's a lot of home sellers who are still wanting more than what the market is kind of, you know, suggesting? Absolutely. Yes. They are still thinking that 2021 and the first quarter of 2022, they want that same price that their neighbor got. Uh, and some of them did have their houses up for sale and got a great offer, but they didn't take it. And now they, now they're trying again and they, and they're wanting that number. There's a lot of uh, people that are regretting out there that they didn't take the offer. Um, there was a, you know what? It's tough out there when you're dealing, I'm going to tell you when you're dealing with, uh, the biggest asset that you have, don't go to somebody that doesn't know the market that well. I'm telling you, like, yeah. it's it just like you are gambling, you know, and some people like, oh, my brother-in-law is going to do, he's going to do for next to nothing for me. And guess what? Your brother-in-law, yeah, he'll do it for next to nothing, but guess what? You're going to get next to nothing on the price. Right. You know, so you got to be careful on that. People like, listen, you got to be careful. It's the biggest asset. And if you don't have the right experienced person behind you, you will lose money and you don't think you'll lose money, but you will. And we watch it. I see it. And I know it. Yep. Yep. Well, and we see the same thing in the mortgage world too. And then people looking at the lowest rate, but they've got a huge penalty. And then 75% yeah. of people are going to break a five year fixed term mortgage. So then they end up saving a little bit on the monthly, but at the end of the day, when they go to refinance or change or yeah. make a change, they're paying more for it. Right. So it's really like, you got to see the forest through the trees. I like to say, right. Yeah. So you're yeah. seeing the immediate thing, but make sure you know all the costs involved. We've got a minute left in this segment. You just mentioned 75%, Brian. 75% of mortgage holders will break it before the five-year fixed term is done. Have you? Has that number 
risen over the years when interest rates were lower because they thought, now yeah, who cares about the penalty? I'm just going to lock into a nice slow rate again. Yeah, that's a great question. I would say actually over the past probably year or two, that rate, that has dropped significantly because people who are in five-year fixed terms right now, they are putting off moving. They're putting off doing anything because if you're still sitting at a five-year fixed rate of 2%, 2.1, 2.5, yeah. you're like, honey, we ain't moving. <laughs> Get back to, you know, we yeah. are not going anywhere. That's I know, I know you're pregnant and we only have three, <laughs> yeah. we have three bedrooms and we got three kids coming. I don't care. We but the rate is 2%, honey. Yeah. So we will move in 18 yeah. months when yeah. it comes up for renewal. That's Absolutely. it. <laughs> Absolutely. When we come back, Rob is a story about independent mortgage brokers versus bank mortgage specialists. We'll get to that when the Golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition continues on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back. This is the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with you. So too is Rob Golfy, sales representative, Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team, and Brian Hogman, the founder and principal broker of Mission 35 Mortgages. Head online to mission35.com. Get all the details you need to make your best mortgage choice. Also, Rob Golfy, you know the Golfy team, the number one Remax team here in Canada. Call them today at 905 575 700. If you want to sell your house or you are in the market to buy a house, call that number one REMAX team in the nation, the Golfy team. 905-575-7700. On the World Wide Web, it's robgolfie.com. That's robgolfie.com. Check out the Golfy team on TikTok, X, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. The difference between an independent mortgage broker versus a bank mortgage specialist. Rob, you have a story about this. Yes, I'm going to tell you um, there is a difference, and I experienced it even before I was a realtor. Now, the banks, they have mortgage, what do you call them, Brian? Mortgage specialists or mortgage broker? Not brokers. Uh, we call them mortgage amateurs. So I remember years ago when I was in my early 20s and uh, a lawyer of mine that when we were closing deals on houses, he said to me, Rob, and back then you had to pay the mortgage broker. Now you don't. Mm-hmm. So back then he said, Rob, you can go to the bank directly. Like he's saying, you've got enough you know, equity. You've got things that you can go to the bank and, and deal with them. And I said, you know, I took up his advice and his friend was a mortgage broker that I was using. Nothing against, nothing against him. So, but he, I would, I would save money on, on mortgage fees back then. This is way yeah. back. This is before it's changed now. Yeah. So anyway, what happened was I went to, uh, uh, the, the, the RBC, no, nothing against RBC that, yep. so I met with this guy named Mike Bugner. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> nothing against Mike Bugner. I'm sure he's a probably top executive there right now. And, uh, he's got a lot of experience, but anyway, so, uh, Mike, he was a young guy, just like I was. I, and, and when I showed him my portfolio of real estate, he couldn't believe it. He goes, how could you buy this uh, at your age? You, you can't own this much real estate. And I said, Hey, but I took a lot of risks. You yeah. know what I mean? I, so, yeah. and, and he denied me. And I'm like, what? I was so, I was so like traumatized. Yeah. Like my lawyer said, yeah. don't go to the mortgage brokers, go to the, so anyway, but what the one thing I'm, I'm going to tell you, uh, I was traumatized cause I'm like, I couldn't believe it. So I went back to the mortgage brokers and got my mortgage that I needed to let when I was buying the house. But here is the thing about more. This is what I feel now, Brian, you're going to tell your, your, oh, I've your, got a lot to say yeah. about this. So I'll so, let you finish. So yeah. here's the thing about mortgage brokers. 
at me before as a realtor, before, you know, anything else, um, I did go to mortgage brokers and what I liked about them was is that if you've got problems or if you got anything going on with your credit or anything, or, or if you don't, they tell you what you need to do and then they shop it out, which is good is what you need. Um, and the one thing I think if this is true, Brian, is that you do a credit check. You only do one credit check. You could shop around to two or three different uh, lenders. Now, if you go to every, like say you go to CIBC, RBC, TD, they're going to do a credit check on you on each one of them. It hurts your beacon score. Am I correct? Marginally. Yeah. Marginally. Okay. So, but, but the thing is they look at what you have and say, sorry, no, or yes. But if you go to mortgage broker, they say, hey, we can get you a yes, but we need to clean this up and do this. Am I correct on that? 100%. Okay, right you then. go for it. Yeah, let okay. Let her, let, her, let her loose. Yeah. Let her loose. Well, you know what? I, I can speak on this because I was a mortgage specialist at a bank. And I think, you know, one thing that's really interesting right now is that, did you know that- the, You were one of those guys? I was. That you're you making know, fun of? <laughs> I, I, can, I can admit my faults and mistakes. You know what's funny? Actually, one of the biggest turning points for me is I used to tell clients, I want to be your mortgage advisor for life. I used to say, I want to be your mortgage advisor for life. But then realized as I worked for the big uh, Flying S Bank, great bank, great training ground. Yeah. Um, I could only... Scotiabank. Uh, rhymes with. No, okay. no it is gotcha. Scotiabank. Yeah, so. But it's, um, I could only be someone's mortgage advisor for life if they fit into the Scotiabank products. Right. You know, and then once I realized that, I'm like, oh gosh, you know what? As soon as someone comes into some financial hardship or some trouble and I don't have a product for them anymore, I can't actually be yeah. their mortgage yeah. advisor for life. So... That is one thing I love about mortgage brokers, that they can be someone's advisor for life through good times and bad. And the other amazing thing that since COVID, market share for mortgage brokers is now finally outpacing banks. More Canadian consumers are going to mortgage brokers. Are going to mortgage brokers first because back in the days, it used to be the mortgage broker was kind of like the... uh, Nothing against used car salesmen, but nope. that was kind but of like the it, idea. No, I gotcha. Yeah. If, if you got a problem, that mortgage broker will put together some creative solution, charge you lots of money and get it done. But now the Canadian consumer is finally realizing that mortgage brokers, we actually more often not get better rates in the banks. Yeah. We get better solutions in the yeah. banks. And if you don't fit in the bank's pocket, guess what? We've got 30, 40 different options of lenders. And like you say, um, I used to equate it to being like a brain surgeon versus, let's say, a general pl- practitioner. When you're a mortgage broker, you're like a brain surgeon. I know everything there is to know about the mortgage market, right? Whereas when you go to the bank, they're kind of like a GP. Don't don't get me wrong. GPs are pretty smart, right? Yeah, yeah. They know a lot about a lot. But they, when you go to the brain surgeon, that's they're right. operating they're on specialized, one thing. Yeah, specialized in that. And you know what? And that's what I experienced it as a 22-year-old walking into that. And I've already had maybe four or five mortgages prior to that. And I walked in and he just, I, I don't know what he saw or whatever. He just couldn't comprehend that. I, I owned uh, so many properties at a young age and uh, he just, and, and as a, as a mortgage, I'm going to say specialist in the bank, he just probably thought, Oh no, I'm not going to do this. And he's new probably himself. Well, I, he, he's, he's a new, he's a new, new guy. Yeah. And, uh, and I'm sure he learned a lot over the years. I mean, everybody is new at one time. So if anybody insults anybody that's new in, in their uh, uh, business or their occupation, please give patience to them. Well, I will say, though, I do have a phrase I say for some of these mortgage specialists. You know, I have met mortgage specialists that have 10 years experience. Oh, that, yeah, yeah. But you know what I say? I say I don't think so. I think you've got one year experience nine times. Yeah. Hey, that's a good one. I'm gonna you just that. end up learning the same thing because what they don't tell you at the bank, and it's no fault to them, they have a product to push. 
but they're not out there educating them on, oh, if I work for Scotia, what does RBC do? What does the credit union do? What does the trust companies do? They're not educating you on every other product. No. So you just tell your client no, because you genuinely authentically think it's a no. But the reality is, is there's so many other yeses that you just haven't yeah. been educated yeah. on. So, I mean, we like, uh, I'll tell you, if you're looking to get a mortgage, uh, I know Brian with Mission 35 Mortgages, he's with us. We, we have two mortgage uh, companies that we deal with. And you do? Oh, Rob, we got to talk. <laughs> news to me but, here, Rob. But, this is news. But, but, uh, but, but anyways, but, but the thing is, uh, guys, uh, if, it, if, if deal with mortgage brokers directly, Absolutely. they are, are more experienced than, than your mortgage person that if you walk into the bank. And most likely because they actually that's like a training ground for yeah. it's a training ground. The most new many people. of our recruits come from banks and many people that come in and say, you know what, I'm going to go to the bank first because sometimes the banks will pay a salary. To yeah. get people started and, and the banks have enormous resources for yeah. training. They're great. Yeah. Right? It, it is. It is. But, so but the thing is, the mortgage brokers, they will be able to shop. They'll be able to do everything. And they'll give you a plan. Like yeah. I think to your point too, it's like the plan is like when you have a commission-based mortgage broker, they want to help you whether it's today, tomorrow, the next day, year route or mm -hmm. two years down the road. So if I check your credit and you can't buy a house today, great. Maybe we'll set up a pre-authorized contribution. Maybe we'll set yeah. up a tax-free yeah. savings account, yeah. you know, and then you put a plan in place like yeah. you said. Yeah. Nope. There you go. The mortgage broker is the way to go. Is there, <laughs> Brian, is there, are there some myths with mortgage brokers? Because, um, you know, for an individual or a family to, to, to meet with an independent mortgage broker and they're figuring out, well, this person's doing a lot of work for me and I'm not really paying them out of pocket. How does this all work? Is there, is there some myths or misconceptions that go along with that? That's a great question, Rick. And, and yes, there is. There's a misconception that mortgage brokers charge enormous fees. And, uh, you know, I'll lift up the kimono here. Okay. The reality is, is that for a lenders, major banks, um, the bank, we get paid what's called a finder's fee. So basically they may pay us a percentage of the mortgage and that's how we get paid. When you start going to uh, tougher to place mortgage lenders like trust companies or private lenders, that is when a mortgage broker will charge sometimes a 1% or a 2% fee for anybody who's being charged a fee though. Um, my biggest pet peeve is when they end up saying, oh, by the way, a closing date, here's this enormous fee. And I've seen that happen and it just really bugs me. The reality is, is whenever you get a deal done, by the time a mortgage broker checks your credit, verifies your income, and we sit down and we go through the plan, you will know all the costs that'll be associated with that mortgage, if any, in addition to like a lawyer's fee, before you are committed and before you've spent any money. So um, that is one of the biggest misconceptions, unfortunately. And there's a small few that kind of taint the industry, I yeah. think, as there is in any business. But um, there are no upfront costs for mortgage brokers. If there are costs, you are fully disclosed to them. If not, you should be fully disclosed to them prior to you committing to it. A lot of, a lot of business people use private lending. Uh, uh, sure. it, it, it's used a lot. So even, even though they're paying a higher interest rate, but what happens is they, they're able to access money to invest into whatever. And quickly. Uh, and quickly, like whether they're doing renovations or anything. And, and they, they pay it back quickly. It's like back and forth, back and forth. The business people have become super wealthy, become multimillionaires from borrowing private money. A lot of, you'd be surprised, a lot, yeah. a lot of uh, developed builders, uh, uh, yep. small, like we're talking maybe small builders that maybe have a little small subdivision of maybe, you know, 30 homes, 40 homes. They borrow millions of dollars. Even smaller uh, investors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I think it's, we have a line sometimes that we say in the brokerage where it's just like, listen, um, if you want a more expensive mortgage, I can do it with less paperwork. 
Yes. Right. Yeah. It's just kind of like, cause the mortgage process is quite exhaustive. There is a lot of documentation that's required from the banks in order to get the best rates. Right. If you don't, if you think, and a lot of people, to your point, a lot of business people say, man, this is too much time, energy and everything like that. It's like, okay, you can provide me less paperwork, but because there's less paperwork, there's going to be more risk. Mm -hmm. And then in that case, it's going to cost you more money. So do you want to invest in, you know, get your T4s, get your bank statements, get all the stuff I'm asking for, and we can get you a better mortgage. To that end, uh, we had a a pretty big day earlier this week, Tuesday, in the House of Commons. Finance Minister Christopher Freeland uh, tabled the latest fiscal update from the Liberal government. And this one was most certainly focused on housing affordability, uh, because we certainly have a housing crisis in terms of building more homes Mm -hmm. and, and being able to afford those homes. And with that comes the Canadian Mortgage Charter, which brings a couple of things, including... Uh, if you have an insured mortgage that's up for renewal, you won't have to re-qualify for the stress test. So let's start with this one. And I know that this charter is uh, a voluntary thing when it comes to, you know, um, uh, the big banks in Canada, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But do you see do you see this re-qualification uh, in the stress test? Is this going to be a big impact, do you think? Um, you know, it'd be interesting to see whether it's a big impact or not, but I will say a great big hallelujah, because this is huge because what's happened in the marketplace with all these rising interest rates is the lenders have a monopoly on the renewal market. Because if I qualified for a mortgage, just put it in context at five and a quarter, um, and now it's come up for renewal and I got to qualify at eight or nine because of the stress test and I can't qualify, the lenders know this. So it's like renewing my mortgage with zero options and a gun to my head. And it's yeah, like, yeah. oh, oh, Mr. Client, would you like this rate of six and a half percent? We know you can't go anywhere, but would you like this <laughs> yeah. six, 6.5? So I think that's what's happened for a lot because people haven't had the option to move. So this um, voluntary thing, which I think there will be a lot of advocacy in order for people to adopt it because it is huge. Clients need this. They need to be able to shop and it keeps lenders on the straight and narrow yeah lenders yeah. competitive to say like listen yeah. now there'll be a little bit there'll be a little bit more opted giving them the best interest rate yeah. versus putting uh being like the mob you know just say honestly hey, yeah, yeah. It. sorry buddy you got option a six and a half percent or option b six and a half percent which one you well know? i know of lenders unfortunately that what they would end up doing and, and and they're a business i don't agree with it but what they would do is they would check someone's credit before renewal these are big companies. They would check yeah. the credit before renewal. And then if the credit had dropped, they knew that yeah. they weren't going anywhere. Yeah. So now with them checking the credit, in addition to not being able to qualify anywhere else, this is where a lot of these renewals were getting jacked. They're getting very, yeah. very priced at a premium. So this legislation, I think will, I don't know if it's going to have a massive impact on the market, but I think it's going to have a, a great opportunity for for Canadian consumers to get a really good mortgage and actually yeah, shop for which it is again. great. Which yeah, is great. It, it should be there. I think it was an oversight, if I'm being honest. You're probably thinking, we missed out. We yeah, we, we, like yeah. the government saying like, oh my God, we actually kind of screwed up here because yeah. this, we didn't give consumers a choice after. Yeah, we didn't give a choice. Yeah. 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 Was this not the right time though to scrap the stress test or at this point in time in the housing market, is it, is it needed? I think it's a step in the right direction, right? Because this is just for people on renewals. We're still seeing the stress test on qualifications for if it's a new purchase, uh, if you're buying your first home, buying your second home. 
Uh, you're still seeing it on certain things with a refinance as well too. So this doesn't affect uninsured mortgages. So there's still quite a, you know, even people who have significant equity and maybe they're with a, a, a B lender we call that's got maybe an eight or 9% interest. You're still kind of handcuffed in yeah. those. I oh hope. yeah. I know a lot of people that are in those and yeah. And, and they can't get out of them. No. And that, so this has, this is addressed, I would say the surface. And what I'm very optimistic about is like, we're seeing the pendulum swing in the other direction. Now, instead of us getting more conservative with mortgage rules and regulations, we're finally starting to see it go, okay, you know what? Um, the stress test was invented for people to qualify at five and a quarter or two points above the contract rate. Well, now contract rates are six or seven. So you're qualifying at eight and nine. So it's far surpassed what it was intended to do. Um, and I think this is the start. I would be hopeful to see some more, especially for, especially for the challenge borrowers. The challenge borrower is the one who's with, you know, home trust, great lender, but if I got a mortgage at 4% a year or two ago, and now it's maturing at eight, yeah, I need some options. Don't I need to look at yeah, stuff, right? Need to, so, you need to shop around. So they're, they're moving in the right direction. If you are uh, shopping around for your next mortgage, give uh, Brian and his team a, uh, a follow on their website, mission35.com, and uh, book an appointment to uh, see what your options are. And if you want to sell your house or you're in the market to buy a home, call the number one REMAX team in Canada. That's the Golfie team, 905-575-7700, online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob G O L. FI.com. A real world issue that we're going to get to uh, coming up next on the show, and it all has to do with wood trim to paint or not to paint. We'll talk about that next here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. Welcome back to the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy, sales representative, Remax Escarpment Realty, the Golfy team. Call them today. You'll be calling the number one Remax team in in the country, 905-575-7700, online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. Check them out on Instagram, X, Facebook, Threads, TikTok. They're all over social media. And if you have a question or a topic idea for the Golfie team, send them an email. Questions at robgolfie.com is the email address. Our special guest today is Brian Hogman, founder and principal broker, Mission 35 Mortgages. Check them out online at mission35.com. Uh, a lot of people in Hamilton have uh, some amazing homes, but sometimes they come to a dilemma if they're sprucing up the home or they're putting up for sale and they have a decision to make, and that is whether or not they should paint their wood trim. Is this a good idea, Rob? Yeah, it, it is. I had uh, one house uh, not too long ago. They had uh, The house was built probably in the 80s, and they had wood trim. Uh, you know, like just, uh, old, you know, the older wood trim and everything else like that. And uh, they did have it up for sale, couldn't sell it. I walk in and I said, listen, paint the trim white. I said, that's all you have to do here. And mm -hmm. I said, you, it'll change the look of this house. It'll modernize yeah. it more. And, uh, and, and it worked. I said, it doesn't cost much money. You may, you may have to hire a guy. I don't know, depending how much it, I've painted trim. I can do it. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> mission, mission 35 mortgage, Brian Hogman, yep. trim, trim. If, if you get your mortgage, there may be some, trim yeah. Yeah. but, but seriously, but, but seriously, but the white trim. So now we're more into 
having white trim. It's, it's what all the houses are built with. Now, I get it. You, some people have century homes. And you don't want to paint it. A lot of people that buy these century homes, they years ago they painted it. Now they're taking it off. Now they're going to paint it again. Right. It's just like it's just a continuous thing. But I do believe that um, the, the the style that people like and and white trim, you can't go wrong with. And and if you have too much wood in the house, and I'll just and the reason why I, I I'm talking about wood trim. Okay, two two things. I walked into this one house just this week, and railings were wood wood floors, wood ceiling, mm. wood everywhere. And, and I, I and, and how do you tell somebody without making them feel bad that they have a lot of wood? And some people like a lot of wood, but I, but here's what I told them. I said, the pool of people that like a lot of wood is very small, but the pool of people that like wood trim, uh, the trim painted and nicely done and it, and it softens everything in the room. So I basically had to tell them nicely whether I, I did come across that way, but I just said, listen, I would saw, tone it down with the wood and paint it, uh, you know, some of the railings, uh, some of the staircases and stuff. And it's like always that. white, right? Like you're always, always white. I say white. You're yeah, not going, you don't go wrong with white. cream, red. No, no. It's always white. No, if you got too much wood, yeah, there's going to be somebody that's going to like it, but right. more people are going to like it when it's white. So do you yeah. want to limit yourself and, and maybe that person doesn't find your house? Is he looking at the same time as you were selling? Well, you don't want to do that. You want to open your options to, to, to selling it to somebody, like a, to a mass pool. The other thing is, you ever gone uh, see those houses outside? They got this, I don't know, cedar and it's black. Yeah. Like they got uh, above, you know, like uh, under the soffit. Oh, or, yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? I like, know exactly what you're like it's, yep. it's not board and band, but like the whatever. two and a half stories yeah, and the triangle and, part yeah. right up there, right? And, and, yeah. and, they, and they don't, it's just wood, mm-hmm. but it, the wood's gone black. And you drive by and like, this is a beautiful house, but it's, you know, crappy, you know, wood, it's aged and this and that. I would paint that. I would change it. I would do something. You, you, I mean, if, you, if you're selling, you got to sell it to the mass people that are looking to say, hey, I, 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 I love driving up to this house. I can see this being my home. But if you're driving up to a house where the wood is like black and, you know, because it's, yeah, and they say, hey, that's the way it's supposed to be. Well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I, yeah. I, if that's the way it's supposed to be, I don't want your house then. You know what I mean? I, yeah. You know what I mean? I want I want the house to look nice and clean and slick and done. You'll never go wrong with painting wood trim. In some cases, uh, especially if there's too much of it, you'll never go wrong. We did that in our we have a Victorian home, and I know some people hated us for doing this, but we did the same thing and, and I painted it all white. Beautiful, love it. I was I was a little bit questionable because I yeah. was like, oh, keep the character, but I tell you, I love it. It yeah. absolutely makes it a the new see, meet the old. Yes, you, you still got you still got the character with yeah. the modern. Uh, that's a uh, uh, with it. So, uh, to me, you got, like don't be afraid to paint the wood trim if you're selling your house. Get a guy in there, boom, paint it, and I'll tell you, it's going to change the look of your house, and it's going to make it look more modern. Because if you look at it, HGTV, all the shows, BUI, whatever. They always uh, paint it. Yeah, they're always painting. Yeah. In our last uh, minute in in this segment, is white the only acceptable color? I'd say 90 Five percent of the time, white and 90. purple. What about purple? No, no. <laughs> I can stay away from purple. Stay away. But no, I would go with white. You cannot go wrong with white. Yeah, you cannot no, I go agree. wrong. It's, uh, you know, because it goes with the wood floors, yeah, dark floors, any floors, right? White, white goes. is safe. If you're selling, go white. Yeah, you, 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 you're not going to go wrong. Well, you said it best. You're appealing to masses, right? Yeah. You, like if you go a different color, then there's the they, they, then you limit. Someone's going to like it, but yeah, yeah. masses you, like white. You, you want the mat. Everybody loves white. That's what it is. Everybody likes vanilla ice cream. 
True. <laughs> yeah. Yes. With chocolate syrup on it. Yeah. With chocolate syrup. A few on sprinkles it. there, and yeah. Now we're now we're yeah, talking. All right. All right. Now we're talking. Yeah. When we come, have some of that today. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back, we're going to talk about a love letter that sealed the deal, and whether or not this is still going on here locally. That is next on the Golfy Real Estate Show Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML. One more go round here on the Golfy Real Estate Show, Hamilton Edition on 900 CHML. Rick Samprin with Rob Golfy, sales representative, Remax's Scartman Realty, the Golfy team. Call them today, 905 575 You'll be calling the number one REMAX team in Canada and visit them online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob, G-O-L-F-I.com. They're all over TikTok and Instagram, Facebook threads and X. Also, you want to visit mission35.com to seek out your next mortgage. Brian Hogman, founder and principal broker at Mission 35 Mortgages, our special guest today. This is a really interesting story out of Calgary where a person was selling their home and a young couple had, uh, you know, not only uh, offered $20,000 over asking, which doesn't seem like a whole heck of a lot, but what sealed the deal was an emotional love letter that this young couple wrote about the home and about the home seller. And the, the, the seller said, all right, I mean, you, you got the house. Uh, how cool is this? And how often do we see this nowadays? Uh, well, I, I got a love letter the other day. Keep it to real estate. Keep it to real estate. And the client, and the client, the client didn't care. It is. It was. It wasn't a romantic introduction. Believe me. <laughs> the price was too low. Getting into different. So, so the one thing, the one thing about love letters, the one thing about love letters is that they're great. Um, especially when you're dealing with um, a, a young couples buying a house that um, especially if um, uh, like baby boomers have been there for like 50 years, 30 years, and they want somebody to also appreciate the family home that they raised their kids in. And sometimes they will take a lower offer if they meet the couple with their little baby or kids or whatever. And they say, Hey, this is the perfect couple for this house, we would appreciate them to ha- our neighbors would appreciate to have them. Yeah. And, and you know what? And money is not, money is everything, but not all the, everything. well, a lot of those baby boomers don't forget too are mortgage free. And, like, and, and they a got tremendous money. amount of baby boomers. And they got that, lots of money in the bank that if it's 20, 30 grand difference, but then they see their kids, kids, yeah, like, and yeah. they kind of see themselves. Yeah. The yeah. House. So those love letters work that way. Now the love letter that I sent Brian, cause I wanted a lower mortgage rate. <laughs> he kind of, he kind of laughed at it, me. It, and worked, I thought, it worked the opposite I, direction. I, I, I was in tears. <laughs> I said, this is a nice letter. I wrote you, you know, how nice of a guy I am, how I'm going to, you know, participate and use the money to you know help the economy my love language is gifts not words (laughs) well let me ask you this can this can this sort of situation backfire on the person writing the letter because maybe maybe it's too much no well i i I don't think the love letter will backfire i just think that depending on the seller uh, he may look at it and say, hey, this is nice, but I, my, the, the dollar, how much they want for their house is more important. Mm-hmm. But, but here's what the love, love letter will do. They say, we love your letter. We, we appreciate what you have, uh, what you do, 
But if you can come up to this price, right? Like especially if it's like in competition, so it gives them that second chance. In right? com- in competition, you have a chance. Even if you're lower, they'll give you a second chance to say, hey, let's say there's three offers. They're asking, uh, let's say a hypothetical a million dollars. One offer is a million ten. The other offer is a million fifteen, and the other offer is a million twenty. They'll go to the, the person with the love letter at a million five. He's in, at a million five. He's lower, but they'll say, hey, if you can do a million twenty. It's your house. And I could see that happening. And, and that's where the letter will help. But now if you're lowballing, just like the le- letter I got the other day, and I didn't appreciate it. And I'm just like, there was no love there. I, I just like, you know, like, you know, there was no, uh, yeah, I think if the I, love, didn't get, I didn't get no warm, fuzzy feeling on that letter. If the love letter speaks to their house and not maybe your own situation, like if the yeah. love letter is kind of talking about the financial hardship, it may not be as, hmm. yeah. you know, yeah. as, as uh, warm and welcoming as talking about the other person's house, right? Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Yeah. And then, and then you know what? It's, it's, and my wife. Uh, like I'll write her a love letter. And she just looks at me. Yeah, right. No. <laughs> what, do you, what are you negotiating? Yeah. What, what's up for sale? Goes, those those love letters were great when we were in our twenties, but now uh, they still work, Rob. They still work. She thinks, just, to, she thinks I'm trying to. I want something. <laughs> are are okay. we? We got about a minute left on this. Are we seeing a lot of these letters nowadays, or is it uh, you know few and far between? Um, I, I, I think it happens. I think maybe, uh, a few and far between, yeah. like I, I was surprised I got one th- this week. Um, I, I'd say maybe every, I don't know, who knows? Probably more so in competition, right? Because I yeah. guess in the marketplace we're in right now, people are still going in, they can go in with yeah. their condition of financing. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. Can, like it's because there's not as much competition. It's really just, if you got the right agent yeah. and you got the right letter, there's a good chance that you can be open, be anybody else if you're in competition with. I, I really do. I, if somebody came in, uh, if, he, if he was a reputable agent and uh, and he had a, a, a letter, I would actually seriously look and talk to him and say, listen, I really want you guys to have it. Um, anyway, and then- and, and I think that reputable agent goes a long way too because does, there's a mm-hmm. lot of agents out there that they don't know how to complete the deal while oh, they're brand new. Big time. Right. You're absolutely right about that. Absolutely. If you are looking for a new mortgage or you're up for a mortgage renewal, give uh, Brian and his team a call. Contact them online at mission35.com. And if you want to sell your house or you're in the market to buy a home, call the number one REMAX team in Canada. That's the Golfie team, 905-575-7700. Online at robgolfie.com. That's Rob com. Don't forget, you can listen to our show online through Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. Just search for the Golfy Real Estate Show in your favorite podcast platform. Hit that follow button so you never miss an episode. Thanks for listening to the Golfy Real Estate Show. We're back next Saturday at 9 on 900 CHML. The proceeding was a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of 900 CHML.